On today's episode of the Digging In Podcast, we talk about Ruth. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the digging in podcast you are on the third week of this podcast and in fact you're on episode number 19 you have made it through like seven books of the bible so far in all these episodes and you are moving into your eighth book this is pretty fantastic in every respect so nice job Thank you again for joining us for the Lessons From series as we are investigating the Bible, digging into all of Scripture to find these special and important characters all throughout it and learning from them. What kind of lessons is God trying to teach us through his inspired word about these amazing biblical characters? Today we are jumping into a really awesome story, a story that places itself during that really, really terrible time in Israel's history with the time of the Judges, but it's a little bit farther off than the actual immediate area of impact. And so as we look at this story, the story of Ruth, keep that in mind that historically speaking, Israel is in a dark pit and uh, this story is just a glimmer of some hope. So before we jump into this awesome story about one of the most fantastic women in the entire Bible, what I really want to do is this. I want you guys to grab your Bible, your pen, and your paper, just like usual, and then let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for bringing us together for episode number 19. God, thank you for all those who are listening who've been working their way through the Bible, just very much through the Bible chronologically as we move Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and now Ruth. God, this takes a faithful and committed follower of Christ. And so I pray that as this faithful and committed follower of Christ is listening to this podcast today, that you would open their eyes to see everything that you want them to see, to learn everything that you want them to learn. But ultimately, God, that you would just reveal yourself to them. Make your name great. Make your entire being the central focus of everything of our lives. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for everything you have done, are doing, and will do in our lives. Amen. All right, everyone. Let's look at the book of Ruth. Four chapters, folks, four chapters. In terms of everything that you've read up until this point, this should be the biggest breath of fresh air. I mean, guys, you can literally sit down and work through this entire book right now. I mean, like, just crush four chapters. I mean, you guys have read some pretty hefty stuff up to this point, but right now, all I'm asking you to do is turn to Ruth 1 and just read Ruth 1 through Ruth 4. These next two episodes, we're going to look at the two main characters of the book of Ruth. We're going to start with the woman, Ruth, and then we're going to move to the man in Boaz. Both of these people provide us with plenty of lessons on on how to be a faithful follower, especially a faithful Christian, even to this day. And that's what's really cool is that two Jewish people can provide us with some sort of way to live as Christians. How awesome is that? And I'm, I'm blown away by it, and I hope you will be too. So why don't you go ahead right now and, and just pause the podcast and read Ruth 1 through 4, and then join us back. Awesome. So those first words, look at those very first words in Ruth 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. 
So right there, right off the bat, judges are ruling. Turn back to the last few podcasts to see the horrible, horrible, horrible nature of uh, how Israel was living with the judges ruling over uh, their entire nation. Just a terrible, dark period of time. So in that period of time, not a really specific time frame given, but in that period of time is where this story takes place. And just like the horrific, dark nature of the story of judges, we get a pretty dark example of life right here in the very beginning. We learn of this, uh, this guy who's from Bethlehem, and he takes uh, a wife named Naomi, and then they have kids, and then those kids get married. But then by some ridiculous whole bunch of events, all three of the men die, leaving the three women, Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth, all on their own. And in this culture, uh, widowed women were meant to be looked at uh, with quite a bit of, uh, sh- not, not shame really, but you felt pity, a lot of pity, and uh, you would have felt very bad if you saw them. And that's what we actually see in 1 verses 19 through 22, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But what we read is that Naomi and, and Orpah and uh, Ruth are, are very sad, obviously, because of this ridiculous sequence of events that has left all of them as widowed women. And so Naomi actually gives a call and says, listen, you, you two women, you are young. Orpah, Naomi, you are young. Leave. Just leave. Go back to a different land and, and marry and have kids and live a happy life. You don't deserve to live a widowed life being so young. And Orpah hears that and, and lovingly kisses Naomi and, and leaves. But Ruth says, no, I, I, I will not do that. I will stay with you. You are my mother-in-law, but you are, you are just my mother. And so this loyal Ruth says, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to help you and protect you and watch over you. So these two women who are, you know, uh, very different for the most part, uh, leave. And then they leave the place and uh, they move to a little town called Bethlehem. Maybe for those of you who are strong Christians or who just at least know what Bethlehem is, this should be ringing some bells for you. And I promise by the end of the story, you're going to have a lot of bells ringing, not just about Bethlehem, but about, well, everything in the future of Israel. So crazy, uh, but they go to Bethlehem. And upon entering Bethlehem, what happens? Well, uh, everyone looks at them realizes that they are widowed. Um, maybe there was a mark on them. Maybe they wore a certain type of mourning clothing, but it was obvious that they were widows. And the whole town looked on them with pity. They were stunned. They were shocked to see these women. Not only that, but Ruth is a Moabite woman, and they are entering into a Jewish village of sorts, specifically Bethlehem. And Moabites don't really travel to these places. The dealings with Moabites aren't so great. And so um, there's a lot of shock and awe factor when they walk in. And then we get this really weird tidbit um, in, in 1 verse 20. After looking, being looked upon with pity and despair, uh, Naomi tells everyone, call me Mara. Stop calling me, me Naomi. Call me Mara because that means that God has done bitterly with me. Guys, this is, a, this is a tough topic to talk about. And the reason I say that is because this is shame. If you've ever wondered what shame really looked like, it's this. All throughout the Bible so far, we've read about name changes. But what have we read specifically about? God changing someone's name. God changes someone's name. And when God changes someone's name, that means that they have a new identity and that their identity is rooted in God and God alone. And in this moment... 
Naomi is changing her own name and she's changing it because she's horrifically sad, but she's also changing her own name because of shame. She's ashamed that she's widowed. She's ashamed that she's having to return to this town as a poor and needy woman. Shame is taken over and she's more concerned with the way that other people view her, that she begins to take on and wear the full weight of shame, which ultimately will lead to depression. Guys, this is really tough because how often do you find yourselves wearing the name, the identity, the characteristics or the traits that someone else has given you? How often have you looked yourself in the mirror and not been happy with what you see? How often have you been on a drive in your car thinking about what someone said to you, how someone hurt you? And then how often do you take those lies and wear them and and put them on as if they are your real identity? Guys, we can't live like that. You're changing your own name. You're allowing other people to change your name. Your identity is with God and God alone. He knit you. He was with you before and behind you. He was knitting you in your mother's room. He knew everything about you. And he calls you his. And guys, that's the beauty so far. In one chapter of Ruth, we've already learned the beauty of what it means to be in identity with God, to be part of God's children. So let's move forward. As we go forward, the the story really begins to focus on Ruth, the amazing, amazing woman of Ruth. And so what happens is after this loyal Ruth has decided to stay with her mother-in-law to support her, love her, care for her, provide for her in any way she can, they come up with a plan so that they can have some food and drink. So she goes to this uh, wealthy farmer who is actually related to her late husband. And this guy's name is Boaz. And so Naomi says, hey, Ruth, uh, why don't you go to Boaz's farm, go to his field, and, and you can pick grains. Or he's, he's one of our relatives. He's somewhere down the line, but he's a relative, and, and he would be a great person for you to contact. So, uh, so she does. So she, so she goes, and, and she starts picking grains and, and doing stuff, and, um, and then Boaz comes out and, and sees her and looks at her and says, Please don't leave here. Please don't choose another field to, to grab your food, your, your, your things from. I want you to stay right here on our field. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. That's verse 9. Um, if, you, if you're thirsty, stay here and get a drink from one of these people that are, these fine people that are working in this field. Boaz looks at this woman, this woman he doesn't even know, and says, no, stay here. In fact, I want you to stay here. Please stay here and, and take what you need. And then he follows that up with this beautiful phrase. Look at verse 11, 2 verse 11. He answered her and saying, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother of your native land and came to the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I mean, he not only says come and take, but then he says, may the Lord God above, the God of Israel, bless you with everything for the fact that you are loyal and loving and compassionate, so much to leave everything in your life behind to care for the people who you aren't even really related to. 
It's just an amazing thing. And so Boaz lets her stay there and, and lets her uh, continue making stuff and then says, why don't you come in and eat dinner with me? Why don't you come and eat dinner? And sure enough, it's an amazing evening. And she returns to Naomi that evening with a great story. And then the very next day, we run through the same sequence again. Naomi says, why don't you return there? Do it again. And in fact, this time, why don't you basically just tell him you're available? <laughs> why don't you say that you're single to him and, and see what he thinks about that? Tell him about this, this thing called the Redeemer. I could go into super deep depth deep depth about what Redeemer is, but in Israelite culture, um, it is usually a relative of some kind who will pick up when other relatives have passed away and care for that family. So they will take on the responsibilities of that person who has died and they will now take care of that family. It's usually whoever is next in line in the family lineage. And so in this case, Boaz is in that family line. But what we learn here is that although he is a redeemer, he's one of the, the people in that line, that there might be someone before. And so although Boaz loves this and loves her and says, yes, I see that you are available and I would love to you know, marry you. I would love to marry you. Uh, before we do that, let's, let's continue with our, our proper traditions and be respectful to our traditions. And let me go to town and see if there's someone else in front of me. And so they do that, and, and then the process is kind of like a little court case right there at the beginning of uh, four of Ruth four, and the moment comes that the the next in line redeemer is like, wait, this is a poor Moabite woman. I don't really want to, you know, redeem her. They don't really have anything, and I'm not sure how I can really help. And so he gives it up and basically allows Boaz to just go ahead and take over all the responsibility. And guys, this is like really quick. I just blew through that story. And there's a little bit more I'm going to talk about here in a second. But I just blew through the story of Ruth for you. And it's this beautiful redemption story. I mean, let's look at it from a large lens here, a redemption story. This woman was at the low of lows and her mother-in-law was at the low of lows. And she says, I'm going to love and care for you. Although I have no obligation to do this, although I'm not required to take care of you, I'm going to do it. And so not only does she care for this woman, but she provides for her and basically says, I'll do anything I can for you. And, and then that extends further into meeting an incredibly faithful and wealthy, loving man. And that this man lovingly and loyally supports both Ruth and Naomi through this whole process. And he does it not just out of good deeds and kind words, but in the faith of God, constantly blessing, constantly bringing up all the things that God has done. I mean, look at the story of Boaz. It's awesome. But then what happens is he wants to stay very respectful to Israelite traditions, and he responds very faithfully in that. And so we see this redemption story of the lowest of low being brought to the highest of highs, being redeemed in a wonderful way. And, and here's the crazy story. This is where Ruth gets even crazier. Like you'd, you'd think, how can that story be any more beautiful? When one woman in all of her loyalty and her faithfulness or her new faith, I mean, she takes on that's, that's I didn't even mention that, guys. She's not Jewish. She doesn't have that faith. But in, in Ruth 1, it talks about how she says, I'm going to live with you and I'm going to actually take on all of the traits that you have, all the things that are customs to you, I'm going to take them on. And that even means your faith. I will go where you go, lodge where you lodge, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. That's what Ruth said to Naomi when she said, I'm staying with you. 
And so right in the beginning of her faith journey, she's then blessed by Boaz. And then all of this blessing and redeeming leads to something amazing. Look at the end of the story there. Look at four, Ruth four. So we see that they get married and they have a kid. This kid they name Obed. And who is Obed? Well, Obed is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. Guys, this is crazy. Ruth and Boaz are the great grandparents of King David. Furthermore, let me get even crazier with you. Look at the next section, 18 through 20. This traces all the way back. This traces the whole lineage now of this David all the way back, even further, as far back as it can go. And then that is actually, it's urging you to look back at all the genealogies you've read before, and it traces David all the way back to Abraham. And then here's the crazy thing. I want you guys to get real real wild with me, and I know that we're, we're sitting in the Old Testament right now, and part of sitting in the Old Testament is looking at these stories and looking at the beautiful things that are happening in there. But what I really want you guys to do is I want you guys to go ahead and turn with me to the New Testament, to the first book of the New Testament. Go to Matthew chapter one, Matthew chapter one, because you're going to read something wild here. Those first words in Matthew chapter one, what do they say? This is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then I want you guys to look in and just look at this list. I mean, it's just a list of people's names that link Jesus all the way back to Abraham. And part of this list, look at this, guys. This is crazy. Verse 3. Nope, sorry. Verse 5. And in the middle of this list, it says, And Solomon, the father of who? Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. Guys, Ruth is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. You know how many times a woman is listed in the genealogy of anyone? Never. Jesus has her in the genealogy. Ruth and the story of Ruth and Boaz is beautiful for so many reasons. But one of the main reasons, actually the main reason, is the story of redemption. And that's the lesson today. Guys, we talked about this piece of shame a few minutes ago and what it looks like to wear the identity that either you put on yourself or others put on for you based on the lies and the fears of your life, not on the way God identifies you. Guys, in this moment, Ruth could have let that happen. She could have turned into Naomi 2.0 and taken on all of those horrible things and all of those terrible attributes, but instead she wore a new identity that her God is now the God of Israel. What she did was she says, I'm putting off the world and what the world defines me as is a widowed, poor Moabite woman and I'm taking on the banner of God. I'm letting everything go and giving everything to God. And when she did, she wasn't just blessed, but she was redeemed, taken from her lowly place and brought into the loving arms of God. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. I hope you enjoyed the story of Ruth because we're going to look at part two of this beautiful story tomorrow when we look at the story of Boaz. Boaz.